When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in Thursday edition, major breaking news on this edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. We are reacting to it with you in real time. In the last hour, Joe Manchin addressed a huge scrum of media outside of the United States Capitol and effectively submarined the $3.5 trillion Bernie and Biden budget saying he will support no more than $1.5 trillion of that cost, meaning he lopped off by himself $2 trillion from the proposed budget. Why is this significant? We're going to walk, walk you through it here, but let's first play a clip of Joe Manchin saying the reason why his vote matters so much is there's only 50 senators and 50 votes for this reconciliation budget, and so... If he's not getting what he believes should be in that bill, then he's not going to support it. Here is Manchin saying that. You know, we only have 50 votes. Basically, take whatever we don't aren't able to come to agreement with today and take that on the campaign trail next year. And I'm sure that they'll get many more liberal, progressive Democrats with what they, they say they want. Okay, so that is Joe Manchin just moments ago in the last hour outside of the Capitol. Let's kind of set this in context, Buck. Right now... There is an infrastructure bill that the expectations were it would come before the House on Monday. They have pushed that now to today. The last I have heard is that they are expecting to bring that bill to the floor of the House. It has already passed the Senate with bipartisan support. Now, the challenge is the liberal elements, the most liberal elements of the Democratic Party have said they don't want to vote for these bills separately because their concern is and i think it's probably a valid one based on what you just heard joe manchin say as soon as the infrastructure bill passes there will not then be a 3.5 trillion or maybe even a 1.5 trillion dollar bill that they can follow and they can pursue so we'll see whether or not that comes to the floor or not the big takeaway here is 
Joe Manchin has lopped off $2 trillion from this expense. Still a lot of money, but $2 trillion gone, Buck. And now the question is, is this going to torpedo the infrastructure bill, potentially the budget at large, and everything is just going to go up in smoke all at once on Joe Biden's legislative agenda how would you assess it? I'm trying to lay it out because I know this is complicated for people out there who haven't been following this legislative minutia and are a little bit confused as to what might be going on. So I'm I'm torn on this one, Clay, because on the one hand, there's, oh, look, Democrat infighting, isn't this entertaining? And yes, maybe it won't be a complete blowout of overspending. But on the other hand... $1.5 trillion in reconciliation package, you know, a half a trillion or a trillion dollars on infrastructure, whatever it ends up being. These are massive amounts of money. This yes. is these are this is in addition to the federal expenditures that are currently, you know, locked into the budget and no one even really questions. They're going to raise the debt ceiling. The spending is going to continue. Inflation's going to it's going to keep rising. You have people that are arguing openly now for modern monetary theory and i mean elected officials never mind the talking heads who just want to live in a fantasy world but also i'm I'm reminded of how for anybody who wonders about things like do we really have to i don't know account for every vote or election audit something we really need to pay much attention to hat tip my friend uh charles charles cook down in florida he had he had some f- some fun numbers here to remind everybody clay as we're looking at the trillions and trillions of dollars that are in that hang in the balance. Uh, you had thirteen thousand four hundred and seventy one votes in Georgia that prevented Purdue from getting to 50 percent back in November, which. Yes. Remember, one Senate yes. seat. This is not happening about what? How, how many how many voters are we talking about in, in, in Florida here really as well? Right. You look at the difference between just one Senate seat in one state. You look at how close some of these races were. And what would be right now a total gridlock situation where there'd be no additional spending, really, they'd be fighting maybe just over a much more modest infrastructure package. Every vote counts, friends. You know, every every election, every vote, every opportunity to stand in the way of what I I mean, I think it's just fiscally ruinous. I mean, that's where you have to see the Democrats for who they are. They're willing to roll the dice on this stuff because there's an emotional belief in a lot of this it's the right thing to do even if it means there's inflation even if it means the economy staggers and falls they think this is what is righteous not necessarily what is sound or sensible well i will say this a part of me thinks that joe manchin is crazy like a fox and trying to blow this whole thing up while pretending that he's not because as you mentioned in the last hour he's also saying that he wants the hyde amendment in place which for people out there who have not paid a lot of attention to the Hyde Amendment, it essentially prohibits the use of federal funds, tax dollars, to pay for abortions, right? I mean, I think I'm synthesizing that in a decent way. And Joe Biden flipped on the Hyde Amendment as a part of his presidential campaign. But I can't imagine where we are right now with the Mississippi case soon to be in front of the Supreme Court, Buck, I just can't imagine the Democratic yeah. Democrats in the House and Senate agreeing to that. And, and the Hyde Amendment point is is important uh, for, of course, whether or not that's actually going to be a stumbling block here. But also, uh, I think today is the 45th anniversary of the passage of the Hyde Amendment back in 1976, 107. Uh, this is hat tip Michael New for this historical background. 
107 House Democrats supported the first Hyde Amendment. Every budget proposed by President Obama included the Hyde Amendment. And yet this year, all House Democrats decided for uh, they would vote for a budget that didn't include it. End quote. Um, Clay, the Democrat Party has moved to absolutism on the issue. I mean, it used to be just considered that was a concession they're willing to make. We're not going to actually take your tax dollars and pay for abortions. The Democrat Party of Joe Biden, this is a new thing, is the Democrat Party that rejects the Hyde Amendment. So the fact that Manchin, you know, they're going to say, oh, what's he doing? He's no, the extremists are the people that want to dramatically change everything and act like they have a mandate when they don't. The radicals are not the people that are saying, hold on, let's look at what's really going on. It's the people that are saying, shut up, put 2,200 and whatever pages through, spend trillions of dollars, and break from traditions in the Congress of the past that had been used to cool the temperature down a little bit. That Those are the radicals. They're Democrats. Well, and, and this is why in real time I'm so fascinated to react to this because, again, the, the Joe Manchin official statement going public just happened in the last hour. And, Buck, I want to know how it changes the calculus of the infrastructure bill in addition to the fact that Joe Manchin may have blown up the Bernie-Joe Biden budget, which he certainly has in many ways, has he blown up infrastructure? And so is his calculated decision here, I mean, is he setting up everything to blow up? Because remember, he wrote a Wall Street Journal piece saying we need a strategic pause. He's been very focused on inflation, which I think to his credit, he should be. And now is he trying to basically get it all into 2022? You know, he said, hey, I'm sure if that this stuff is so popular, they can run on it in 2022. He knows he's not an idiot. He knows that they're not going to have the House next year and they're not going to be able to pass this. And this was this was a great moment from his uh, press conference out of the steps of the Capitol. Joe Manchin pointing out so because this really this brings it home for people. We keep talking about inflation, three percent, five percent. It was going to be transitory or transient or whatever. No, it's actually now long term and real and rising. Dollar General, sure a lot of you've been there. I've been there. Dollar General's got some 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 great stuff. No longer Dollar General, Joe Manchin points out. I'll give you a perfect example. In West Virginia, I just saw the day to where the uh, to where the one dollar uh, what we call general dollar store. Dollar General. They're not more they're no longer dollar general. They're a dollar and a quarter, a dollar fifty cent general. That's hard for West Virginia. A lot of people do do shop there. I mean, there true. you go. I think that makes it real for people, Clay. Well, unlike Jin Saki, he seems to understand that when businesses have higher costs, they have to raise prices. Remember earlier this week, we played Jin Saki saying it would be so unjust and inequitable for any business to raise prices. Now, that's how inflation works. When the business has to pay more money for their product, they pass that cost along to consumers, which becomes a default tax increase. And that's what many of you are seeing all over this country right now when we're talking about 5% inflation. So I think Joe Biden is, I mean, sorry, I think Joe Manchin is right here about the way that he is responding to the Biden budget. And I wonder, Buck, again, one, is he trying to submarine all this, torpedo it? Two, is the antipathy going to become so pronounced against Joe Manchin that he really thinks significantly about changing parties. I, 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 I mean, maybe I don't not. Think he's submar- I don't think he's submarining at all. I think he knows he's in the he's in the captain's chair, my man. He's at he's at the helm. I think he figures they're going to have to come toward him, and that the more moderate Democrats now have cover among their constituencies, and the radical Democrats 
got their whole, oh, but we tried so hard. We tried for that $3.5 trillion, but everyone's... I mean, Clay, they're going to spend a mind-blowing amount of money if they pass any of this, and Democrats will just have to accept that and live with it, because alternatively, what is the Biden agenda in the year 2021? What worked well with Joe Biden oh. and the Democrats in charge? I, well, I would say I would give credit to Joe Biden potentially for this idea if I thought he was capable of coming up with it. Is it possible Biden never wanted the 3-5? He didn't want to have a fight with the liberal wing of his base over not wanting the 3-5. And he's had a secret handshake agreement with Joe Manchin on exactly how much Joe Manchin will support for months, knowing they needed his vote in order to get through and reconciliation. And so Joe Biden, staying quiet, has known about this all along, and he's letting Joe Manchin take the flack from the left wing yeah. of his party, which actually helps Joe Manchin's chances of re-election in 2024 because he can say, I stood up to my party. And what about Biden's interest in all of this? If you get, if, if the $3.5 trillion started to go through, and people would say, oh, but they're spending, you know, then, then you get all the people that pretend they're wonks and they're all just echoing yeah, right. what some nerd from the Washington Post is saying because he read it from some... You know, what what will end up happening is that the markets will start to react to the increase in the government spending earlier on. Right. You'll start to see this reflected in what expectations will be of it at, at some level that becomes the psychology dictates the market. And what is a real problem for Joe Biden and the Democrats going into the midterms in general? Gas prices, food prices, inflation. So they're almost saved from their worst spending in uh, spending ideas and influences by going with this middle pathway where they can say to their left wing socialist base, we got a lot, but it's not our fault. We tried. Right. So this I mean, I, I still feel like this ends up being I don't know what's probably here. This, I feel like this ends up being almost a political win for Democrats, assuming they pass the pared down version because we'll it'll be We're it'll be goodies, but not enough that the inflation really bites in the next 12 years and and causes them to lose seats in power. Every time you're online, Buck, you're putting your online identity at risk. We don't think about it very often. We open the laptop, type an app on our phone, but we're in search of something being chased, being tracked. Online security, you need to protect yourself right now. Virtual private network. Our friends at ExpressVPN, that's what the VPN stands for, uh, builds a private virtual tunnel for your information to travel to and from on the Internet. When you run ExpressVPN on your device, the software hides your IP address and the communications and searches you're conducting. It makes your activity harder to trace thanks to the work of ExpressVPN and they encrypt 100% of your Internet data to help keep you safe from cyber hackers on the network. And ExpressVPN is the number one VPN service rated by CNET and TechRadar. It's so easy to use. I'm not a big tech guy. I've got the app on my phone. Clay's got it on his. Download it to your phone or computer. You tap one button and you're protected. This is a must. This is like online hygiene. You got to do this. Visit expressvpn.com slash Clay and Buck. That's expressvpn.com slash Clay and Buck to get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash Clay and Buck right now to learn more. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. At that point in time, I was not in favor of moving on this type of a piece of legislation. I wasn't trying to be the fly in the ointment at all. I've never been. I've never been a liberal in any way, shape, or the form. There's no one has ever thought I was. I've been governor. I've been state secretary of state. I've been state legislature. I've been a U.S. senator. And I have voted pretty consistently all my whole life. I don't fault any of them who believe that they're much more progressive and much more liberal. God bless them. And all they need to do is we have to elect more, I guess, for them to get theirs, elect more liberals. But don't, I'm not asking them to change. I'm willing to come from zero to one five. There you had Joe Manchin with the uh, the bombshell today about the price tags, $1.5 trillion, not $3.5 trillion. Now, whether that should be considered a bombshell and whether that's too much spending as it is is something we'll continue to talk about here. Welcome back to the Clay and Buck Show. We said we got lines open, and of course we do, 800 282 2882 and com is the website for uh, all of your Clay and Buck needs, including stories, updates, show prep, videos, all kinds of good stuff there. We have Robert in Waldorf, Maryland. What's up, Robert? Thank you for taking my call, gentlemen. It's good to talk to you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate uh, it. You know, I, I wouldn't count my chickens before they hatch here. Mr. Manchin is, you know, that's good news. But you got to remember, man, we had 19 treasonous Republicans roll over on this last bill. What was that? 1.5 trillion. You know, they showed their true colors 
You can't. You just so you can't count your numbers. You got twenty of them in the house right now that say they're a yes vote on this three point five trillion. One of them is the Jeff Van Drew, who who was a Republican, but you know I was a Democrat, but now he's a Republican. Yeah, let me and let me. I, cut, I appreciate the call. Let me take a step back. There are two bills going through right now. The one that you're referring to that Republicans helped support in the Senate, they passed, I believe, Buck, it was 69 to 30, if I'm not mistaken, 19 House Senate, including Mitch McConnell, uh, sorry, senators uh, voted for that. That is pending right now in the House, and there is some talk that it might be voted on today. That is the infrastructure bill. No Republicans are supporting at all the uh the budget bill the 3.5 right. trillion totally partisan party line saying yeah one is going to be only 1.5 trillion so that's a little bit confusing so if you're upset with republicans supporting the infrastructure bill buck the reason why mitch mcconnell did that is they were gambling that infrastructure would pass and then the budget would implode because the moderates in the democratic party would not support it and that may or may not end up happening, but that's where we are from a strategic perspective. Jim in North Carolina. we got about a minute, Jim, but want to get you in. Hey, good afternoon, fellas. Um, I believe this um, this announcement by Joe Manchin is just a Democratic ploy. I think all along they knew that the American people didn't want or wouldn't, wouldn't be happy with a $3.5 trillion uh, spending bill. So Joe Manchin came out and now he's saying one and a half and i think that's just their way of getting one and a half trillion dollars pushed through with no pushback everybody's like well at least it's not three and a half trillion it's only one and a half well that's the argument I see you made, buck yeah that's that's how i see it that's what i think's going on jim so you and i i, I think this is what, what what's the moment of celebration here for republicans we're not spending ourselves into oblivion like there is no tomorrow we're going at at half speed i mean there's we'll see we'll see if if uh if if the bill goes through it's not something to be celebrated in my mind, but we'll see. We're going to continue to break this down and more. But in the meantime, hey, uh, inflation's roaring. You're probably trying to make some money yourself. Why not trust our friends at American Financing? You can make a 10-minute phone call. can save you $12,000 over the course of a year. $1,000 or more a month. Lower interest rate on your mortgage. You can refi if you haven't done it already. We're talking about the lowest mortgage rates of any of our lives. Do what Buck Sexton has done. Do what I have done. Get the best possible position for you and your family when it comes to your mortgage. Call American Financing right now, 800-777-8109. Again, listen to me. What could $12,000 extra mean for you and your family 800-777-8109. I want you to pick up those phones and call right now. 800-777-8109. AmericanFinancing.net. Save a bundle today. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are going to continue to follow what could be a very wild day on Capitol Hill and has already been a wild day. It started the third hour of the program here. We'll come back in and discuss where we are with the budget with the absolute latest that is being discussed on Capitol Hill. In the meantime, we mentioned this yesterday, and I want to keep hammering it because but for Republican governors and but for uh, our own system of federalism, We would have lost our mind and become Australia. This is the New South Wales premier saying 
that even when the COVID lockdowns end, unvaccinated people in Australia are going to face total so social isolation indefinitely, Buck. Basically, they're never going to be able to live as normal people. Listen to this. I want to be very clear. Life for the unvaccinated will be very difficult indefinitely. All right, so that was a pretty quick statement there, Buck. But do you buy this? Like, by next year, let, let's say, like, we get into March, we get into April. Do you think this vaccination obsession is still going to be going on in our country or do you think we'll have moved on because cases will have come down, so the obsession is not going to be still there? Entirely dependent upon the caseload, right? Yeah. Because here's here's what's going to happen. They're going to have to find ways to justify why what they've done to this point has yet again, for the however many times, not worked as they've said that it would. And the the scapegoats here will be two things. One... The unvaccinated. But, Clay, I also think depending on how bad things get this winter, and I'm just going to say this, I'm I'm very curious where you are on this. I'm back and forth in my head. Yeah. Because over where this is heading over the wintertime, on the one side of it, you know, I felt like, okay, we we know the vaccines fade in efficacy. They still apparently do a pretty good job of keeping you out of the hospital and the uh, and death so far. There is that troubling data out of the UK, but we'll see, right? So yes. far, the data hasn't, we haven't had that breakthrough yet. We say, oh my gosh, they don't just fade a little bit. They fade into almost irrelevance over an eight month period or a 10 month period. We don't know. But part of me also says maybe we have so much natural and vaccinated immunity this winter that you're still, you're going to have cases, no question, but it may be at that level where people start to feel like, I don't have to act like a total lunatic anymore because the, the lunatics are still really calling the shots. I mean, the people that are masked up forever. Someone sent me a a, a study today, Clay, that is actually suggesting I, I thought it had to be a joke. Uh, to be fair, I haven't read the study, but it was a real study that's been published about how triple masking is actually the most effective form, which I used to bring up as a joke about the double maskers. Now that's that's the next level. There was a period. Do you remember that as well? When goggles started to be talked about. Now, you have to wonder, because you can get uh, aerosolized virus, it can actually, it's much easier if it comes in your nose, your mouth, but it actually can can uh, enter through the eyes, apparently, too, at least theoretically. Um, what they're doing in Australia, though, I, you know, they're not even beginning to calculate the social cost of people, which is when this New South Wales premier uh, says unvaccinated Sydney residents face total exclusion. Think of the psychological and, of course, economic and health damage that has been done to people over the last 18 months. And a lot of it is completely unjustifiable based on the numbers, never mind the concept of freedom, which comes with risk. And that's what's been rejected here. Free what- individuals are going to make decisions. They're going to drive too fast. They're going to drink too much. They're going to vote for the, quote, wrong party, right? You can start to see where this all goes. And the leftist authoritarian mentality is, We need to stamp out all that freedom. And COVID just becomes the great excuse. This is why we were talking earlier in the first hour about when you see, I walk my kids to school every day. Uh, It's a great luxury. We've got a neighborhood school, public school. I can walk my two youngest to school every single day. So I have my fifth grader and my first grader. I walk them to school. And I pass a lot of parents. I know a lot of them. And most people in my neighborhood, you know, kids aren't wearing masks. But some of the kids still are. And when I see a kid that is wearing a mask or preparing to wear a mask in school, I just think how awful the last 18 months 
of those people's lives must have been and how much damage they likely have done psychologically to their kids by convincing them they're in danger from something that isn't a danger. And Buck, before COVID happened, if you had been had a friend who was a parent and that friend had said, yeah, I'm nervous about taking my kids to school today because I'm afraid we're going to die in a traffic accident on the way to school or I'm going to walk to school with my kids today, but I'm a little bit afraid that somebody's going to drive by and murder us. Or if they had said, hey, you know, it's flu season. I'm thinking about not putting my kids in school because I'm terrified they're going to die of the seasonal flu. All of those things are far more likely to kill children than COVID is. If anyone had made those arguments as a mom or a dad, you would have thought that they had significant psychological issues. You really would have, and it wouldn't have been a crazy idea. And and, and they would have. That's where by they the way. and they would have. Yeah. And that's where we are with something that is far less danger to their children now, and we've normalized it. And a country like Australia, I'm thankful that at least we have federalism and Republican governors, because but for that, we would have descended into the insanity that is Australia. You know, Clay, I don't. I sent this to the team uh, last night, and I thought you would like it because you often bring up here the basis of science and how while people like Fauci walk around saying I am science reality is that they're actually undermining the scientific method scientific inquiry and just on a philosophical level the right to ask questions based and then and then have answers that are based on data and that can be tested and retested through hypotheses and there's a uh, there's a, a quote that's been circulating back from 1996 this was Car- Dr. Carl Sagan on the Charlie Rose show. And here's what he says about science. We've got it. I know we've got it. <laughs> science is more than a body of knowledge. It's a way of thinking, a way of skeptically interrogating the universe with a fine understanding of human fallibility. If, if we are not able to ask skeptical questions, to interrogate those who tell us Mm -hmm. that something is true, to be skeptical of those in authority, then we're up for grabs for the next charlatan, political or religious who comes ambling along. Wow, that's so well said. Isn't it? I mean, that, that ties in right now with, we didn't talk about this a lot yesterday, but YouTube is now censoring anyone who says anything negative about the covid vaccine think of who's going to be doing this by the way they outsource this to what they call independent fact checkers i know something about some of these fact checkers but they're people that they're like they're they're like the rejects from media matters i mean these are people that are at at the the generally the bottom of the uh of the list of those in journalism and media that you would actually want to be doing anything like this but they're given tremendous power and it's because they're the hatchet men, so to speak. I mean, they're the attack dogs of the left under the guise of being independent fact checkers. I've come under uh, attack from them before for stuff online. They're all idiots. They don't care about free inquiry and they don't care when they're wrong, by the way, because as we know, Clay, the purpose isn't really about what's true and what's not true for these people. The main goal, the main purpose is to get you to comply. It's yes. about power. It's totally about power. And I'm with you. The fact checkers should be the smartest people in all of media because the power that they're being given to determine truth or falsehood is so important but instead oftentimes they are partisan hacks who are just seeking to score political points and i've had this happen to me i know you've had it happen to you you can share an opinion on uh on facebook not allowed can share an opinion on twitter 
Not allowed. I've had predictions. I've had predictions. Not permitted. Not permitted. I think this will happen in six months in this regard with COVID. Ah, oh, no, you know, not allowed to do that. Misinfor- they'll put a little misinformation tag oh, below yeah. it or whatever. And the fact that they, I mean, uh, the uh, YouTube CEO recently, uh, Wojcinski or whatever her name is. I forget. Susan Wojcinski or something, something like, like that, that, I think. And and she's saying, you know, oh, the First Amendment's an important principle for us. These social media platforms were built on a lie. That's what people need to remember. They they became so prominent. They got where they are by pretending to be pro-free speech and platforms for the free exchange of ideas. They are now effectively, you know, DNC-controlled fiefdoms when it really matters. Not on everything. Yeah, if you're a Republican, you can put some stuff on your Facebook or whatever. But when Hunter Biden is about to have a big story that might blow up the Biden campaign right before the election, they know they can be counted on. They know that they're supposed to step in and tip the scale to one side. And this is this was a really it's like they've lied to society. I mean, that's the way I view it. They are they are false in the premises they use to become successful. So I don't I do not like them, Clay. I'm I am upset with the social media platform. One reason I'm excited we have this show, because I expect fully at some point for you and or I to come into the banhammer with uh, some of these social media sites because we're saying things that are uncomfortable truths for them. Reminds me, let's have our friend Alex Berenson on next Friday or something. You know, it's fun to have him on because it's like the, you know, the actual hashtag resistance to Fauciism here on the radio show. No doubt. People love him. Home prices have increased again this month. July 2021 is the fourth consecutive month in which the growth rate of housing housing prices set a record. When the housing market's moving in one direction and the stock market's moving in the other direction, it's important that your savings plan is built around protection. Gold offers you just that, stability and protection. When you can buy gold and take actual possession of it, you're experiencing a sensation that few people get to, holding actual gold in your hands. It's a remarkably unique sensation, a really rewarding one. I've had it done myself. My partners at the Oxford Gold Group have precious metals that can be delivered to your home as well. They can also deposit gold into your IRA. The options have grown as gold has become a more important source of protection during economic uncertainty. Buying real gold is no longer complicated. My friends at the Oxford Gold Group are who you need to call. Call them now, 833-404-GOLD. You can learn how you can have real gold in your IRA and delivered to your door. Call Oxford at 833-404-GOLD, 833-404-G-O-L-D. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. 
This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. We are trying to bring you up to speed as much as we can on all that has gone on here with uh, Joe Manchin today, making it really hard for Democrats to think they're going to get all they want in the budget bill, the reconciliation process they're trying to go through here. And we're continuing to see this play out. We'll, We'll update you as much as we can. Uh, on how much they're actually going to get through and get done today. Nancy Pelosi had said there'd be an infrastructure vote today. So in the next hour, we'll dive into this with all of you a little bit more. But we were just talking about COVID and where we stand now. And we're not going to let this go. Apparently, Dr. Fauci, the Fauci, appeared on another radio show, a different show than this one. And it got a little bit contentious. I haven't seen the transcript yet or anything else, but we'll we'll go we'll go chase this one down. Clay, what I mean, the the Fouch is running around and being a mouthpiece for the vaccine mandates as people are losing their jobs. And here's an example of it. The only problem is, is that we're entering the cooler fall season and we're entering a situation where children will be coming back to school. There'll be more activity in the fall. We have got to do whatever we can to get those already 70 or so million people who are eligible to be vaccinated. We've got to get them to be vaccinated. We've got to convince them through through trusted messengers why it's important for their own health, for that of their families, but also something that we continue to emphasize, the societal responsibility to get that veil of protection over society. Well, first of all, we know that schools are not a big driver of the pandemic. We've known that for over a year. He's full of it. We see it in Europe the same thing. But Clay, also, they're not. We're, we're past the. I'm just trying to ask and convince. We're at the get the shot or you lose your job phase. And it's interesting that Fauci isn't isn't willing to say that. Well, and also they keep saying mandates are really effective. Yeah, and you use the analogy the same way that pulling a gun on somebody is effective to get money. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not necessarily the right. But yes, if you tell people, if you don't get vaccinated, you are going to lose your job. And I think we need to hammer home how many people are vaccinated. Because I don't think this gets talked about enough. Buck, for people who are 65 years and older, 
94% of the country has been vaccinated. Let me repeat that. People who are 65 years and older, 94% of Americans, and these are the people that are at the most risk, have been vaccinated. 18 and up, 77% of the population has been vaccinated. For people who are 12 and up, 75% have been vaccinated. We're not talking, we're talking about three out of four people who are 12 years or older have had a vaccine shot. The people who are vaccinated are the ones that are driving the mitigation policies and the masking in schools and, and all this stuff. That's true. And and you have to you have to wonder at, at what point will they just say there is no level of risk that I'm willing to tolerate. I'll do anything that anyone tells me will mitigate risk, even in the slightest for a from tiny this risk disease. in the first place. Right. It's they, they should be the, the thinking of people who are vaccinated. If they really believe what they at least publicly say should be. We go back to normal tomorrow. Because everyone's had the chance. Everyone's been able to get the shot more than enough time. People are not getting forced to get the shot. And most people and so, got it. And, P, and and what's amazing is when and most people got it. And what's amazing is when you look at the numbers, the people who are scared are overwhelmingly the vaccinated. Yes. And the unvaccinated are not scared. Now, I, I can tell them this. They're not going to convince them to be scared at this point. That will not happen. And it's, telling them they have to do something is not the way. I'll put myself in this category. I am far less likely to get a vaccine. Again, I've had COVID already, have antibodies. But I'm far less likely to get a vaccine when you tell me that I have to do it than I might have been in my own decision-making process. And I think there are a lot of people in that final 25% that think like me. You're not encouraging that in any way by a mandate. And there's also a part of this I don't think gets much conversation, but I think there are people who, you know, they, they, the, the vax, the vax mandate crowd may call them free, free riders on this, so to speak. But once you get to 70, 80 percent of the population that's vaccinated, you know, the, the chance of you coming into contact with somebody down the line who is going to have a high viral load keeps going down and down and down. We're not in the early stages of the pandemic anymore. And so if somebody wants to look they're playing their odds, right? They're making an affirmative decision that they're saying, I think I'll beat this if I get it. And you know what? If I don't, that's the reality of it. But behind all of this, Clay, is the people who are vaccinated, who view this as a as an issue of political tribal allegiance now, are the ones who are still terrified, want your kids masked up, want everyone to get boosters, want everyone to keep going with all this stuff. Why aren't why don't they feel safe? They got the shot. They say the shot's what you need. What's the problem? How about, Buck, the fact that we don't hear enough? 94% of people 65 and up have gotten a vaccine. You know how hard it is to get 94% of people to agree on anything? That's a tremendous success story. I think the fact that 77% of 18 and up have is a tremendous success story. The reality is Fauci told us when 75 or 80% of people got the vaccine initially, we'd never have any more issues. Wait, Fauci was wrong? Uh, Yet again? Again? This is, I mean, this, at some point, people just deserve what they get from Fauciism, and they deserve it, you know, long and hard, because this guy's been wrong so many times, it, it's it's hard to imagine anyone couldn't see through it. But we'll come back into uh, what's going on with Florida, the absence of coverage of the big drop in cases, and the funniest ad we've seen in a long time about it. More on the showdown with Mansion, the debt, all that coming up, Hour 3. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network.
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.